While we were marching through Georgia, everybody swing your honey, swing your high and low. The Alaman left for the old left hand, around the ring you go. A grand old right to left walk on your heel and toe. Promenade that pretty gal to Georgia. of the Tallulah Falls Railroad begins with John C. Calhoun, a politician from South Carolina who served as vice president under John Quincy Adams and Andrew Jackson. His political career could be several podcast episodes, but we're going to concentrate on his business interests. After leaving Washington, he returned home to South Carolina to begin a new plan, and that was building a railroad line from Charleston, South Carolina to Cincinnati, Ohio. He began studying maps and lining up investors when something happened to change his plan. The cry of gold started to ring out across North Georgia, and in 1838, Rabin County granted permission to the Blue Ridge Railroad Company to build a line through northeast Georgia. The gold rush, and its quick demise, completely threw off Calhoun's plan. He died in 1850, but construction on his railroad, now planned to connect to Rabin County, didn't begin until 1853. As work on the line started, several other companies began plans to build lines that would connect to the Blue Ridge Line, including lines to Athens, Clayton, and Rabin Gap. The run-up to the Civil War affected construction, and work stopped around 1858. After the war, the railroad was worked on sporadically, but there wasn't really an effort to finish it until about 1871, when the line was connected to the Atlanta and Richmond Air Line near Lula. That line ran from Atlanta to Charlotte, North Carolina, stopping in Lula and Cornelia. Add in the Richmond and Danville Railroad system in a flurry of stock trades, and the railroad continued to grow, reaching Clarksville in 1882. That's also the year rail service came to Tallulah Falls, the furthest point that construction would go for a few more years. Sadly, the now-connected rail system would begin a decline almost as soon as it had begun. In 1885, the Richmond and Danville system would acquire an east-west line which marginalized the unfinished line through northeast Georgia. The line running to Tallulah Falls was sold to the Blue Ridge and Atlantic Railroad Company, which was already starting to have financial difficulties. The fact that the company could barely afford to properly maintain the trestles along the line led to the Panther Creek trestle failure in 1898, when a passenger train fell 98 feet. One railroad worker was killed. That year, 1898, the 21-mile line from Cornelia to Tallulah Falls was purchased by the Tallulah Falls Railway Company. This is what we came to talk about, the Tallulah Falls Railroad. Okay, the last few minutes have been a lot of stock trades and railroad starting and railroad stopping. It gets a lot less boring from here on in. The plan was to push the line to Clayton and then onward to connect to the Western North Carolina Railroad. In 1904, the rails did reach Clayton and the North Carolina line in 1905, 
A year later, the residents of Macon County, North Carolina, realized the line would be of more use if it ended in Franklin and passed a bond to extend the tracks. The TFRR was having some financial difficulties at the time and needed the help to get the work done. At this point, the company owned 32 miles of straight track and 25 miles of curves. There were an amazing 43 trestles and bridges between Cornelia and Tallulah Falls, and the largest trestle was over 900 feet long. The problem was that these trestles were high, narrow, and hard to maintain. In 1920, a train carrying 85 girls back from summer camp derailed near Wiley. The engineer was killed and the fireman was badly burned, but no passengers were injured. The engineer, whose name was John Harvey, was credited for saving the girls in an article in the Atlanta Journal and Constitution. The article claimed that Harvey held the brake as long as possible right up until the wreck. Had he chosen to jump from the train and save himself, the outcome would have been much worse. In 1927, the trestle over Hazel Creek collapsed as a passenger train crossed. Two were killed and 14 injured when the trestle basically split in half and the engine and mail car fell. For some reason, the wheels on the passenger coach had locked and it remained on the tracks. Service on the line declined during World War II and then basically ended in 1946 when an engine and the last passenger car were wrecked. At this point, the railroad was losing out to the newer, modern highways, but it held on a little bit longer. Some desperately needed money and publicity came from the railroad being featured in a film called I'd Climb the Highest Mountain. I'd Climb the Highest Mountain was based on a novel written by a North Georgia author named Cora Harris. Cora Harris was a very interesting subject on her own, and as soon as I'm finished reading The Circuit Rider's Wife, we're going to have an extra on her. In 1955, the line would host the Disney production of The Great Locomotive Chase. There are some terrific stories about the making of that movie in one of the Foxfire books, and this includes a story from a local artist named John Colick and his role as an engineer in the movie. He explained that a fake tunnel opening as well as a siding and a station were built near Clayton, and he spent a week in the area filming his short scene. He's the engineer on a train coming from Chattanooga. He leaned out the window during the filming while a man on the floor, out of sight, operated the engine. Unfortunately, the railroad itself helped bring about its own demise by bringing men and materials to the area to build the highways that eventually drove it out of business. The line stopped operating in 1961, and it was sold to a steel company who scrapped some of the rail and some of the stock. Not all of it was pulled up, though. When work began on a new dorm at Piedmont College, as it was called then, a length of rail was uncovered behind the building site. If you climb up to stand at that rail, you can easily track the path of the Tallulah Falls Railroad from the station near the Performing Arts Center through Demarest. On my desk, I even have a railroad spike that came from the TFRR. Don't tell anybody, they might want it back. Despite its various financial problems, the railroad provided work for local people and enabled several industries in the area. 
Timber companies used the line to move trees. Livestock was moved to market, and that included cattle from Rabin Gap Nicucci School, and asbestos mines on the North Carolina border were able to ship their ore. Of course, the railroad is best remembered for its contribution to tourism in the area. A family could take the train from Athens to Tallulah Falls in about an hour, and guests from further away could stay in one of the hotels to enjoy the cooler weather, drink from the mineral springs, and get away from mosquitoes for a while. In 1913, tourism began to drop off, partly because some of the famous waterfalls in the area were covered by a hydroelectric dam at Indian Arrow Rapids. There was one interesting tourist destination, however, and it still exists today. It's the mysterious Sinking Mountain. A character named Aunt Fanny operated a restaurant where visitors could be treated to buttermilk or homemade booze until about 1914. Visitors then, and visitors today, claim that if they stand in the area, they can physically feel the mountain sink into the earth. The Foxfire book has some claims from people at the time that say the mountain was sinking up to about two inches per year. I even found one modern hiking guide to Tallulah Falls that also includes this phenomenon. The railroad closed in 1961, but it isn't completely gone and forgotten. Before this train reaches the station, I want to remind you that Moving Through Georgia is a history podcast focusing mostly on Northeast Georgia. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to send them to me at movingthroughgeorgia at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Some of the Tallulah Falls Railroad can still be found. Some cars were sold, and in one case, a car was converted into a home. A caboose was sold to another railroad and eventually brought back to the Cornelia Depot for renovation and put on display. Depots are still standing in Tallulah Falls and in Demarest. The Demarest Depot is currently under renovation. The railroad was a great technological innovation to come to the area, and it changed the face of northeast Georgia, but it did eventually have to bow to financial pressure and practicality. There are several websites where you can see the TFRR at its best and at its worst, and several people have gone through the effort to preserve the memory of the TF shortline. Next time you're in Cornelia, take a moment and visit the depot. Inside is a history of the line and the actual traffic control equipment that made the line possible. It's definitely worth the visit. A grand old right to left walk on your heel and toe. From an a pretty gal to Georgia. That's all.